0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, we get an update from Christy for July. So we'll dig into the details. If you are listening for the first time or you haven't been keeping up, Christy has been doing a case study with me this year and actually last year too. So you could follow along with some of the other updates to get all the background and historical information. But christy how's it going today
1: hey it's going pretty well how are you
0: doing great and yeah we got good news this uh month for the july update you know this year has been kind of up and down and it's been hard to uh really make sense of it all but yeah why don't we just jump right into it and hear about the earnings for july and, and traffic and the normal metrics that we go over
1: sure So for July, ended up on earnings at 7,032, which is the highest of this year so far. And just to put it in perspective, last year, um, the two highest months were 7,300 and 9,000. 9,000 was a holiday month. So this is pretty darn close to my highest for last year. So that makes me feel pretty good um and then traffic wise i also saw that tick up this month so we were at 127,000 and that was kind of steadily across the whole month instead of like occasionally i'll get a really weird traffic blip um mm-hmm. but i like to see that it was a bit steadier and higher this month and then for expenses i was at 2600 which is about the same as last month
0: got it and one cool thing with the earnings, and people can go over to the blog post, which will link up where you you have some screenshots. So you have a chart, and it's really easily um, detectable that you know this month is like one of the highest earning months ever. And if I remember right, some of your other high months had um, some digital product sales that kind of boosted it up. And it, I could be off a little bit, but you know this is kind of just pure revenue and you have a pretty even split between your ad revenue and your affiliate revenue. So can you talk a little bit about a few of those details?
1: Yes. So that's correct. Um, this month didn't have a ton of my own product sales. So it is primarily Amazon and ad earnings. Typically they're almost like exactly 50, 50 for, for those this year, it's been a little bit higher on ads Um, usually this month I expected to see a dip overall because last year earnings dipped for both, um, going from June to July, but for some strange reason that we are happy about, Amazon actually went up fairly significantly about a thousand dollars up over last month, which is awesome. And ads went down a little bit just by like 175 bucks or something. Uh, but it was interesting. So ads, typically, um, people don't do ads. The first month of a quarter is a little bit lower, usually on earnings for ads. So, assuming that is probably what that was. But I'm usually not seeing such a big spread between those two.
0: Do you have any idea why Amazon went up so much?
1: I mean, it was a it was the Prime Day month, um, but again, that's just one day, right? So. I don't know. Like earnings throughout the month were just higher. I had a lot of days over a hundred dollars. So it was a little bit strange, but, um, not complaining.
0: Yeah. And I wonder it's, it's interesting. I mean, I guess people would have purchased more stuff across the month. Like you said, the earnings were pretty even. So obviously like if you look at the number of products that people purchased is probably Mm -hmm. a higher number. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. You have no no and potentially,
1: yeah. you know some seasonality which we've talked about in the past like there may be a bit more seasonality to the site than initially it looked like so it's possible that you know middle of summer more people purchasing yeah. could be that too
0: yeah and then we have the you know the recession and like the uncertainty and people you know we speculated before people maybe weren't spending as much mm-hmm. money but we haven't had any like economic signs and air quotes right. that, uh, things are better that would indicate that people are like more confident in spending more money. So
1: Amazon is up? gas prices are down. Amazon is up. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean they are in the last week or whatever since yeah. we're recording this, but I think in July it was still expensive, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah. still spending the same amount, so I'm, I'm doing my part. That's yeah, all I can.
0: <laughs> we're doing what we can. Yeah. Anyway. And then, uh, um, so revenues higher and I encourage people to do check out the chart because, you know, we started tracking this from the very beginning at the end of 2018. So the sites, you know, a few years old, but you could see, you know, the slow trajectory and then, you know, some ups and downs, some seasonality, but overall just growth. So, yep.
1: and just, you know, a reminder for anyone who hasn't been listening, like the first month I made any money was $14. So it's it's quite a difference over yeah. just a couple of years.
0: Yeah, your traffic is one hundred twenty seven thousand, actually almost one hundred twenty eight thousand. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what the the highest trafficked month that you've had? Are you getting close to that, or is that like a retail season?
1: I am. It? I think this is actually the highest. Okay. That I had. Um, okay. I think last year, the highest I had was 125. And for comparison, last month of this year was 116. Okay. So that's well, that, exciting. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's great. I was going to say that it seems like a little bit of a higher number. And I think I
1: had noticed uh, that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you're talking about ad revenue being a little lower. And then we had some amazon revenue kind of lower than we expected for a lot of the year mm-hmm. and it seems to have bounced back so fingers crossed that holds up but i'm looking at it and i'm kind of making the an analogy in my brain with how the stock market reacts and if you are if you're in let Quote index fund investor, like you keep investing in dollar cost averaging, Mm -hmm. you put your money in, you you get shares at a lower price, and they often return even during the market downturn. It's the best time to buy when it's when you're in a recession, right? Cause everything's down. Right. So I kind of view this the same where like, you're still, you're getting more traffic. So I'm equating that as shares. You're getting more traffic revenues down on a per user basis. But if you keep getting more and more traffic, publishing more content, when people start spending again, whether it's the advertiser or the consumer, right. like it'll bounce back. So maybe the retail season will be like, you know, more than you expect.
1: I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> that would be lovely.
0: So back to the the traffic stuff. One thing, one assignment I gave you, um, well, several months ago, you, f- you finally got around to creating a custom report for the new content that you published this year. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about what you learned?
1: Yes. So... To my credit, I did have it last month, but I hadn't updated all the URLs from all the extra stuff that we'd posted. So I went through and did that uh, a couple days ago. So now everything for the year is in there. And it is nice. I included a screenshot of it in the blog update, but you can see like a very clear upward trajectory of traffic for all the new content. And it's so far generated 35,000 sessions um, since March when I started publishing, and awesome. that's about 156 articles, I think.
0: And I'll quickly describe the graph. So it starts back in, I would say
1: it's March. Uh, March. 1st,
0: okay, yeah. perfect. So March and, you know, there's hardly any traffic there. And then at the end, it's just steadily climbing at the end. It looks mm-hmm. like about, uh, 750 visitors, uh, sessions per day rather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's great. It's steadily growing and I would expect it to, you know, eventually it'll plateau, but, you know, it'll, it'll keep growing and you're publishing, you know, continually, you're continually publishing new content. So it should keep growing. That stuff should age and kind of plateau out. So this would have been great to have, especially months ago, even before I asked, just because it gives you some confidence that whatever you're working on is working a little bit. So yeah. Any, any surprises here? Did you expect to see that?
1: Um, I was hopeful to see that. I had no idea how much it would be. I just have no sense of how long that's going to take. I'm curious once it, once we get to probably like December, I'm curious to pull out which of, you know, those 200, 250 articles by then are kind of the standouts I always just curious uh, because my highest posts generally are not anything that I thought they would be. So I'm always just intrigued to see which topics ended up kind of breaking through. So I'll be looking for that.
0: One thing, one thing to put on your ongoing list, I went through a similar exercise, created the same kind of a report. And basically, mm-hmm. I think I took like the top 20 posts that were getting the most traffic at a snapshot Mm -hmm. in time and basically had a couple writers go back and and go ahead and improve those a little bit more. Mm -hmm. The way I was publishing, which is a little bit different than yours is, I mean, I had an agency work on it and they were aiming for a sort of lower word count overall. So it's kind of a Mm -hmm. bare bones, just get the content out there. Sure. It starts getting traction and now we can go back and instead of the 1000 words that they had initially we could bump it up to 2500 add a lot oh, more okay. information. Yep. We you just have to omit stuff if you're if you're limited by word count. So sure. we could go back and fill it in a little more strategically after it has momentum. So I would yep. highly recommend that. You know, I picked 20 kind of arbitrarily. Um, but, it, you know, you could do the top 30% of those yeah. articles, wh- however you want to do it.
1: Well, and that's the other thing is so Friday, I'll meet with my content manager about kind of getting people into new roles. And one of those will be someone that's dedicated to improving the existing content. So I'll be using probably Serpa results whenever I get notifications about things going in or out. Of top tens to kind of make her a hit list, but I could put that on her list as well
0: yep and and actually, that's a great I mean using the rankings to to guide mm-hmm. that is really good too and i i think I think both of those pieces of data where you could take the the whatever the top twenty yep. percent from each one of those or however you want to do it or yep. you know anything ranking like uh, number two to number five is like on the cusp of getting right. pushed up so.
1: Yep. And typically, so like word count for anyone who hasn't been following along that long, kind of what I ask for all the time is a 1000 words is just kind of my baseline. We do have some topics that are just going to be skinnier. So those are usually 500 words, I don't really publish much below that. Mm -hmm. So as far as you know, adding content, it would be pushing things to probably 1500 words or 2500, like you said.
0: Thanks to Otis Global, the source for age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. The feature domain for today is ColumnM.com. That's column M as in Mary. And this domain covered a variety of news and information from the biking. I think, I think it's the uh, motorbike scene. So it covered the history as well as current events and product reviews. This site was created back in 2014, so it's eight years old. Domain rating of 24 and domain authority of 43. You could, like normal, monetize with affiliate offers and display ads. On the display ad side, I think you could cover current events, you can, uh, you know, people are obsessed with, uh, you know, motorbikes and, you know, this topic area. So the, the people that are into it, that are part of the community, they are very interested in stats and facts and all that kind of stuff. And potentially that would be good link bait for news companies that are trying to cover the events and, uh, you know, just bring the news out there to people. Further, you could have some of those product reviews. So in a certain... Topic areas and certain niches, people are really obsessed. And I have a couple hobbies like this where I really uh, go deep and I want to make sure I get the, you know, the product that is gonna make me the happiest. And I think about like homebrewing beer or my guitars or something like that, where it's it's pretty detailed. And I think if you are not part of that community, if you're not part of the the biking community in this case, you would probably need to find someone who is qualified because if you don't know what you're talking about, it's very clear to the folks that are obsessed and part of the community. But if you do find the right writer, or if this is something you're interested in, it's kind of perfect. So there are over 480 referring domains. Over 400 are do follow, and some of those links are from Autoblog.com, Bloomberg.com, Cult of Mac, and AutoWeek. Many others. So it's worth checking out. If you join Otis using my affiliate link, you can get hundred dollars in your account, and if you make a purchase well, I might get a commission and I really appreciate that. So thanks to Otis Global and let's get back to the show. So one of the big focus areas is, you know, publishing new content. How is that going overall? Are you on target? You've relaxed your your, uh, aggressive publishing goals, but yeah, where are you at now? So 156?
1: Yep. So I think by the end of, August will be around 200. So there are some that are just sitting and waiting on me to review because I had people in town and I had, you know, life, uh, in July. So some waiting on me, but we've gotten about 175 done and about 156 are published. And then, um, as far as the holiday sprint, which I kind of initially had as a separate thing, I'm just prioritizing some of the more buyers intent post to get done earlier so that they have kind of baked by the holidays. So yeah Great. overall I feel pretty good about it. It's going super smoothly. Okay it's just you know I have to go put my eyes on things and put in affiliate links and do some of that stuff that I like to do myself and this month I just got busy. Got it. All right
0: yeah it's it's uh, fine to take time off in the summer. We've been mm-hmm. really busy around here too yeah so
1: my yeah I've stopped the the guilt um strategy so I'm not doing it anymore <laughs> if I get it done that's great if not well there's still next month so
0: yeah there's plenty of time yep. so another area was selling products so I think last time you were like ah we're, you know, launching the second course. And before we talk about that, can you just talk about like the course approach and you had, um, you know, one you created before you've launched Mm -hmm. it a couple of times and how you ended up launching the second one here.
1: Yep. So we had one course last or, well, I guess it was, yeah, at the end of last year, launched in December, I think, um, sold about 12 courses there. And then every quarter we kind of go back and read, talk about it. Um, sold a couple extra that way. So anyway, yes, the second course, um, we followed just the exact same, like same amount of emails, same structure, same landing page, you know, sales page structure, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but we actually didn't sell any this time. So that was something. And the other data point, I would say the positive is that the list that I have reached 5,000, which is great. Negative being that our unsubscribes were three times normal this month, which I attribute to people not wanting a bunch of emails about courses. So that is a bit of an up and down.
0: So with the course, do you like with the new course, do you think, where where do you think you went wrong? Uh, And there's a couple areas that I could suggest, but I'm just curious what you yeah. think.
1: Um, well, I guess the other thing I would say is post launch, I've now gone through about 20, what I would call like feeder posts that I specifically picked related to that topic. And I've now added like a course CTA within those. So we'll see if that's kind of an evergreen funnel for that. Um, so I did that just like two days ago. Got it. So that's out there. Like it's still out there anytime. Um, Where I went wrong, I think that overall, like the hunger that people have is for pretty much completely video courses, which is not something that I am really able to do for a lot of these topics for various reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just not how my courses are going to be. Mine are primarily written content. So I think that's, not what people are mostly after when they sign up for a course and that's fine um but yeah i think that's one thing i think we did a pretty good job picking topics purely based on like what i'm seeing in the market i think we did okay pricing them i think the size is pretty generous like there's a lot there um but i think as you and i chatted about a couple of times over the last couple of months, like the people on my list are maybe not the right people to be purchasing mm-hmm. because the, like the, um, the little lead magnet that I have for joining the list, which works really well is about saving money. And so it may just also be that people on the list are not, they're not real big spenders. right? So that's something I didn't anticipate when I made that and really didn't put together since we, until we started talking about it like two months ago.
0: Yep. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, you hit a couple of the main areas. So is the product um, any good? Right. So you were, Mm -hmm. you were like, "Ah, you know, maybe people just want video at this Mm -hmm. point, which makes a lot of sense. Sure. If it's not video, then I mean, you may as well, maybe it's, maybe it's better as an ebook, like maybe maybe Brand it as an ebook and price it as such. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, you got to sell a lot more of those. It's yeah. harder to make those uh, expensive, but there was a time where, you know, eBooks were, you know, 60, hundred dollars. Like they were literal, they were priced like a small course. Um, the other, it, you know, you could have a good product, but it's for the wrong audience, which you talked about. And mm-hmm. that's the, I maybe gave the example before, but yeah, if, like if you're, if your audience that you're selling to is a bunch of people that don't want to spend any money, like whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. like a quick example is like, if people are trying to pay off debt, like they're, you would be kind of a jerky thing to do to sell them a product to like get out of debt that they would have to go into debt for. So that's not a good fit either. (laughs) Sometimes it could be, you know, like you said, pricing or the sales page, some part of the offer, but Yeah, usually, like, usually you end up with like a couple sales where like Mm -hmm. someone's like, oh, this, this, so it is, I mean, that I would say that is a sign. There's a huge disconnect, potentially with the audience, um, just the wrong people. As far as the email list, totally normal, you know, when you're selling stuff and you're sending more emails than normal those people or people will fall off the list. And typically, I mean, that's just sort of the, the churn, the cost of doing business. Like if you're running a business and you're selling stuff, you got to sell some, y- you have to sell some. And if they're not the right customer, then it's okay. If they drop off, some people get really, they're like, I don't want to lose anyone on the email list, but are you trying to run a business or like run an email list that costs you money? So yeah, Sometimes people unsubscribe, even if they like you, you know, right? just add into it.
1: Well, and it just makes me think that maybe, you know, if I were to do another smaller, you know, digital guide, like I've done a couple of that are like nine bucks, I would probably try doing one that was related to saving money and just see if that was something that, you know, just as a data point, if this group of people is more interested in that, that lets me know.
0: Yeah. Maybe you remember those uh, old coupon books that you would sell for like a fundraiser at school. Oh, yeah. remember, do you remember those? Yeah. Maybe you could put together a coupon book and just get sponsors. Like that'd be an interesting remember shift. That. You're like, ah, you could save whatever, $300 with this book. Yeah. And, but they have to buy it for 30. So,
1: right. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well with the courses and I feel, you know, I feel bad. Cause I, I a lot of last year and a lot of effort. I was like, all this right, bad, you yeah, like still your like own everything. courses. Um, margins are great; like they can work out. But this is a case where it's like you've put in a good amount of effort. So where, where do you stand? You have a couple courses. You're paying, you know, uh, the course platform Teachable each month. Right. Like,
1: wh- so I'm do now pay? ID like I went to a lower level of Teachable, so it's forty bucks a month. Um, So that's not as bad. I used to be paying like 120 something, uh, which I didn't feel great about. So down to 40, it is what it is. Like I keep them out there. I'm going to try stuffing them in those feeder posts. And, you know, we'll probably relook at it in another quarter, but I don't plan on investing more in them at the moment. Um, Once I kind of get the new team roles in place, we're going to have an actual content calendar, which we haven't had before. So I can be a little bit intentional about the same topic being across like blogs, social, email, all of that. So we might be able to have just a bit more of a longer funnel to some of these things than we currently do.
0: What would you think about just scrapping the digital products and just move on with your life?
1: Like the guides too, or just like courses?
0: yeah what whatever, but both of them, one of them
1: I mean, yeah. I don't plan on like investing a bunch more in that by mm-hmm. any means at the moment. um I'd be open to reusing the content in some other way, but at the moment, I would say I'm more into just like making the new content and then I'm really interested in improving the existing stuff because there's like six hundred and fifty posts out yeah. there,
0: yeah, yeah, well, and that's exactly what I'm getting at where it's like, ah, you could have them sitting around. And like try to relaunch them, but like, Mm -hmm. there's not much traction sunk costs now, right? All the money's gone. Mm -hmm. And do you know how many courses you would need to sell to break even on what you invested?
1: Oh, I mean another probably like 30 or 40 between the two.
0: So if I remember right, you've been selling maybe about 10 or so each launch. Mm-hmm. So that would be like another year to recoup what you've already spent. And, and just to fill people in, like, mm-hmm. so you develop, this is a great debate with, that. We always have, but you develop the course ahead of time. You pay to have it mm-hmm. done. So like, like I said, sunk costs, money's
1: gone. Created to have it done. Technically. Say again, I traded to have it done. Technically. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: E- either way, sunk costs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, So, you know, this is a tough decision to make because I think some people out there would be like, well, you could still sell it and make some, Mm -hmm. but because I I know you, Christy, you probably would be, you would have a little bit less stress if you were like, I don't even have to worry about launches again. I don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about emails. I could just focus on these three, two, three things, the content, updating the old content, and I don't have to sell courses. like." So I want you to think about that. I mean, I think it's really, it's really, it's hard to do, but it's really good. If you can just say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to think about it. Maybe there's a little bit of money left on the table, but it's probably not worth the effort or the brain space that you would have to put into it. So I would definitely consider that even though I love courses and I encourage people to test them out, Mm -hmm. you put in a great effort and you know, you, even when you were like, ah, I'm not quite sure. But now at this point it's like, ah, you know what? Like everything's fine. There's no reason to keep battling it.
1: Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't plan on like investing any more time and money in it for at least a quarter. Like maybe it shows up on the content calendar. Maybe it just has a CTA and other emails that we're sending out. That's about as much as I'd be doing with it at the moment. Um, the other thing I was going to, Oh, for this month, I was going to say the strange place that I saw more money was from like other smaller affiliate programs this time, which is unusual. Granted, I don't check them all the time. So some of them I like caught up for a couple of months checking in, but I made like 250 bucks off of like little individual brands that I've joined, which is strange I mean, you know, out of 7,000, it's not maybe a ton, but it's noticeable. Like it put me over 7,000. So the other thing I was going to think about doing was for some of those that do have a higher price point for what they're selling. I might do a couple intentional feeder posts for those and see if I could funnel some more money there too. But that was just an interesting thing from this month that usually, you know, that category is like 10 bucks, 12 bucks you know, 60 bucks. So catching up on that was, was nice.
0: That's good. Yeah. And then the final thought, slightly related to what you just said, but still Mm -hmm. around the other products. So you are, you are trying to sell some of your products, um, especially the more expensive courses with the calls to action and you're trying to funnel, you know, use the sales funnel properly there could be a minor and I don't know the exact funnel that they're in, but there could be a minor like opportunity cost where you could actually earn more if you're promoting something else mm-hmm. It may not apply. Cause courses are different than some of the other yep. products out there, but you could have the opportunity to promote other stuff that you'll actually earn more from. And, you know, with opportunity costs, you don't know like what's going to happen. You just have to do it and then maybe you'll get data that'll reinforce what you're thinking, you know.
1: Well, so relatedly, I did finish the media kit and put that out there with the same sort of thought of, you know, when someone might be able to pay me 500 bucks for a social post and an email or a brand feature or whatever. And if that happens 3 times a month, like that's already better than what I'm making off of courses. So, I think I'll be, you know, once we get kind of our contact calendar in place and outreach and things, like I'll be going back to brands that we've worked with in the past and say, hey, now we have these options too. And it may be that that becomes a better revenue source than trying to get my own email list to buy people, you know, buy stuff. So we yep. shall see.
0: Yep, that's a great point. I think that's 100% right now you can have just like, you're not, not promoting anything else, just whatever that advertiser wants to have on there. So yep. perfect. Cool. Very good. And let's see, I think we covered a lot of the main stuff, anything, um, go off the rails, any issues this month,
1: nothing really crazy. Like I said, I'm just doing some team reorging stuff, trying to figure out how much I want to be spending on things like keeping social media alive. The only reason I'm even keeping it alive is because we do have brands reach out that way that sometimes do turn into things, you know, like my monthly writing retainer and things like that. So it's worth it to me to keep it alive. I'm not putting a ton of effort there. I do really want to have someone just like owning email, owning a content calendar, like my content manager is going to do that. And then I'm really excited about having somebody dedicated to existing content and just training them on the process like, When I give you a post, here's what I would like to see done. I may not even look at it again. I may just have my content manager look at it and, you know, get it out there. So that's kind of what's in the works. Cool. All
0: right. And just looking through the rest of the update here, trying to see if there's any more detail. But, yeah, it looks like, I mean, revenues up, traffic's like some of the highest numbers that you've seen. So. Yeah, everything's going great, and we're kind of ramping up to you know the fall time
1: holiday season.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what what are you looking forward to with that? I know you have um, some content for yep. you know like the holiday sprint, as you call it.
1: Yep, my hope would be that it kind of the timing works out nicely between having a media kit and brands that also want to boost their holiday revenue. So I think it might be a nice time to start doing more outreach, which we'd sort of just gotten away from doing because it's always manual. So I'm curious to see if that gets any traction.
0: Very good. All right. Well, we'll catch you next month as well to get an update. Hopefully we'll continue to see the same kind of little, uh, you know, uptick and growth, uh, both in traffic and revenue. So thanks a lot. And if people have, uh, specific questions I could leave comments or shoot us an email at feed feedback at Doug.show.
1: So thanks. Cool. Thanks, Doug.
0: If you have any questions for Christy for the next update, just let me know. You can shoot me an email feedback at dug.show. Additionally, I want to hear from you out there in the audience. So if you have a success story Something that you want to share, especially if you're making, say, less than $2,000 a month, something like that, or you're just starting to get a little bit of traction. So I do have, uh, you know, some of those big headlines. Jamie was pretty recent, you know, $32,000 in a month and he's only 25. <laughs> they get more outlandish as we go, but basically I'm trying to get a wide range. So it's great to have the big headlines, but it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around if you're just getting started and everybody at some point was just getting started. So I want to make sure that we're, we have some more approachable stories, more approachable and relatable success stories. Those are the ones that I really paid attention to when I was getting started in 2013, 2014. You know, as people making under $1,000 a month, because that is what sounded possible. Shit, when I started, I was like, ah, if I can make like $300 a month, it will blow my fucking mind. Like, that will be absolutely amazing if I could just make a couple hundred extra per month with something that I created on my own. So if you're in that early stage, don't be shy. A lot of people do say, you know what, I'm doing all right and I'm making some money, but I want to come on when I'm making $10,000 a month. And it's really good to share it along the way because you're, you're in a certain spot. Uh, in those early days, where you can tell the story that you won't be able to tell in a few months when you're earning more money. So I encourage you, even even if you think you're not ready yet or something like that, you know, shoot me an email, let me know what's going on. I don't, uh, you know, I don't necessarily take everyone that, that um, sends in an email, but it's a very high percentage. You know, the people that um, are are uh, willing to come onto a podcast and they know, you know, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. I'm going to be detail oriented. We'll dive into some very specifics, very deep into the weeds. So, you know, keep that in mind. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm pretty nice, but I'll ask you tough questions. Anyway, the other, the other ask is, uh, actually I got, I got two more. I'm just, I'm begging for stuff, but it was a shorter interview today. So I got a little time. All right. So the other one is to share the podcast with a friend. So I I don't ask for this enough, but if you're able to share perhaps a specific episode, maybe I had a guest on that, talked about how they recovered their website after an algorithm update. And you know, some people that are going through that. I talked to Marty McLeod, for example, actually, I need to share that episode out more myself, but that's a great example. Of course, there are you know hundreds of other episodes that you can refer to, but it helps me out and I don't ask for it enough. I don't ask for reviews. I don't have too many ads on here. Um, I try to just not try not to shill uh, bullshit either and crappy, uh, crappy products. Believe me, I'm now getting um, you know one one or two emails a day <laughs> to to work with companies. I don't have prices published out there because I only want to work with companies that I've worked with in the past and at least um, know what their products are like. So anyway, if you have the ability to share a specific show with someone and just. Share it out there, let them know that uh if you know you enjoy the show and all that stuff. So help me out if you can. Really do appreciate that. All right. The third ask is another easy one. I'm asking for, you know, more stories from the audience. So feedback at Doug.show. I am testing out these AI tools. So so far, the day that I'm recording this anyway, I've only played around with uh, Jasper. And some things are good, some things aren't so great. I think, you know, there's many other use cases that just don't apply to me, and I think that could be useful there. But, you know, I, I think someone could make a case that using Jasper saves them time. The problem is, and if you do listen to the sh- the show or the YouTube channel more often, you know that I've been saying, all right, I'm, I'm checking out the tool. I see it does some things functionally uh, in a way that could be a good use case. I haven't heard from anyone who's been very successful with their website, say making $5,000 or more per month using primarily AI tools. I hear from a just fucking alarming number of people that are beginners that say, yeah, these AI tools are great. They're saving me a bunch of time. It's still so early. They don't have any results to show me and I don't know if they're out there. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not out there because the content is, you know, roughly regurgitated unless it goes through a lot of, you know, editing, massaging, just someone else just writing it and it's maybe used for a skeleton. So, you know, people are making a little money, but I haven't seen anyone that is really, you know, essentially making a full-time income from a website that they created with AI tools. So, if you are that person, maybe you don't want to be on the show. I respect that. Shoot me an email anyway, and I can perhaps summarize and give a little proxy. You don't have to tell me your niche, you know, nothing like that. I'm just curious if anyone is out there that could be an N of one, just one story where someone has done it. I'm testing the tools because that's what the audience wants. And I'm sharing more on the podcast than I am over on the YouTube side, but I'm trying to give the tools a fair chance. I'm going to, you know, spend at least a week or two on each one of the tools, depending on how much time I can put in and, you know, see what they're like, see what they're good at. And then I'll hopefully be able to make better comparisons between, you know, different tools. And, you know, that's another thing to note. I mean, I get pitches from the AI tool companies, you know, multiple, Um, have tried to get in touch with me. And I mean, occasionally I email back, but I get, I get a lot of pitches and I I don't want to, you know, burn any bridges, but I think if you're, you know, if you're listening to this show and you're all the way towards the end with me rambling on right now, you probably listen to a lot of them and you probably know, I don't want to be beholden to any one of those one companies. So they're trying Often they're they're like, hey, you know, do you want to work with us? And often that is going to mean you know they don't want me to work with other companies. So I'm not planning on taking any uh, sort of free uh, free access to the tools or anything like that. I don't want to feel like I owe them. I'm paying for it. I'm going to use them. If they're shitty, I'll say they're shitty. If they're fine, then I'll say they're fine. And. Yeah, I don't want to be corrupted by uh, taking money from them specifically. It's kind of same with like hosting companies too. So, you know, a lot of people can make a lot from the hosting company referrals, but I don't know, hosting companies kind of go up and down and I'm an affiliate for the, you know, the two companies that I actually use, but I do get, you know, again, I get pitches all the time from hosting companies they're ups or startups and they're just trying to get things rolling and you know i don't want to work with an unproven company it's just it's like doing beta testing like i don't want to be a beta tester for your tool so okay so those were the three asks if you have a success story let me know if you have a success story in the ai area really let me know it you know you don't even have to uh you know, share the details or anything like that. It'll just be interesting to know that you're out there. And then the third is to share an episode that you found helpful uh, with someone that you think would like it. So that is it for today. Have a good one and we'll catch you on the next episode.